I'm Sarah Tasker. I'm Jen Carrington. And this is Letters from a Hopeful Creative. So I got really excited when I saw today's question. Ooh, okay. Hi, Sarah and Jen. First of all, I very recently discovered your podcast and absolutely love it. So many of the episodes have resonated massively with me and have helped me feel like I'm not alone in the creative business world. So thank you. Yay. That makes me so happy. I have a full-time job in nature conservation, which I'm really passionate about. And I also run an art business in my spare time. My dream is to go part-time with my conservation work and to be able to dedicate more time to my artwork and grow the business. I'm keen to make this happen and feel confident it will eventually. However, I worry that when the time comes that I'm in a position to make the change, I will be too scared to take the final step. My fear is mostly from a financial perspective. There's much less security in terms of where will my money come from? Will I make enough this month? What if my business starts to drop off? I'm a natural worrier, as a lot of us are, and so I do worry that the uncertainty would hold me back from following my dreams. Do you have any advice based on your own experiences? And that's from Emily. Oh, Emily. I, I, yeah, I, I went through this exact thing I was very fortunate I have to say that I had my husband so I had someone who was paying some of the bills at least it meant I wasn't going to be on the streets but as I was listening to Jen read that letter out I remember something I haven't thought about since I left my job which was the few months before I handed in my notice at the NHS I signed up for some locum agency so that I could do locum speech therapy if it all failed because I was so convinced it would or that there'd be deficits and there'd be gaps where I needed to work more So I signed up for all these agencies so I could basically be like a temp. I never had to use them. (laughs) The reason why I got so excited in this question is because I have this conversation so much with my clients who are like at that stage where they're building a business and alongside a job. But I feel like this is not a conversation that we have publicly enough. Yeah. A lot of the advice is like, follow your dreams, be brave, blah, 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 blah. But the truth is we have bills to pay. You know, some of us handle uncertainty better than others. Some of us have yeah. anxiety disorders that make it very hard. And I think it's kind of, it's the part of the real reality of running a business. And so I just love that Emily sent this question to us because I have a feeling many people listening will be able to relate. Yeah, because it's two things we don't talk about publicly very often. It's money. And it's fear. And they're like two of our biggest secrets. And I also feel like there's like having your money shit together has kind of become a bit of a badge of honor. Yeah. So there's not as much. And also like there's so much talk around money being a marker of success as a business owner. And and it's, you know, no one's actually openly saying this is how I manage months when money doesn't come in. I think of the pools just gone into administration and a lot of the freelance writers have publicly said I saw one say that they had to they couldn't pay their rent one month because they didn't get paid and that's the reality of freelance life sometimes yeah and yet you look at it from the outside and you're like oh such a successful journalist living the dream life like we're all very good at hiding that shit away completely and I um it's really funny earlier the beginning of this year one of my clients shared with me that they were just feeling really overwhelmed about the financial pressure of having another year of being in charge of their own income ahead of them and and that January is usually kind of slow for a lot of business owners as well so that was freaking out a little bit and I said to her that I don't know if this will help or not but it never goes away because I feel like one good month doesn't mean anything like even if I have 10 good months in a row I've still got to make it happen again the next month and the fear of you it never gets less scary to be in charge of your own income but I do think it gets easier to navigate the anxiety that comes with being in charge of your own income absolutely how do you do it then what do you do when do you ever have that like 3am panic about money well at least once a month so I if anyone um does menstrual cycle tracking Mm. and I'm not on any hormonal contraception so my cycle is completely natural if that makes sense and I know in my cycle 
when the anxiety kicks in, it's always on the week leading up to my period because estrogen's dropping or progesterone. One of them's dropping and something's happening that makes my anxiety happen. So I have made a consistent solid income for the past four years in my business and the fear has not gone away. And the way I deal with it is a couple of ways. Number one, over the years, I've built up a buffer. I have, you know, at times somewhere between six to 12 months wages in the bank just there. And that, I don't say that to make anyone feel crap if they don't, because I'm, this is my fifth year of business now. Yeah. It's taken a long time to get to that place. That's the number one reason why I'm able to sleep at night. The second reason is I've seen my business be very consistent. I also have a business model that is very built in a consistent way. I book clients up. I have different products that sustain it. I, you know, I have quite, um, solid income streams. So I've built my business to alleviate as much of the uncertainty as possible mm-hmm. and I also have proof I can look back and say well last year this happened and the year before this happened doesn't mean that I don't wake up one month and think oh what if it all goes away that's yeah. the, probably the question I unfortunately ask myself so much but the way I honestly manage it is by having savings by trusting the business I've built and by also this is the thing that's been helping me a lot recently is saying if in six months it's all gone wouldn't have I wanted to enjoy these last six months yeah and that is the thing like and I have like an anxiety disorder so anxiety is like a big part of my life and what I'm forever trying to learn is like anxiety doesn't serve me in the present moment so how can I not let it be at the forefront of my existence and that's easier said than done when anxiety is like the way your brain is wired mm-hmm. but I'm really learning how to manage it better and better each month so I guess I shared all of that just for Emily to know that she's not alone and that financial uncertainty comes that's what we the certainty is what we trade for the freedom of being your own boss what about you how do you deal with it how do I deal with it? I too have an anxiety disorder. So we are a great pair for this. And I am not good with numbers at all. Like whatever I can do with words, I can't do with numbers. (laughs) And so my attitude to money most of my life has been to just try and not look too hard at it and to hope it might just do its own thing and self-heal, which did not work out well for me for the vast majority of my life today. But is going all right now I've got my husband who manages a lot of the finances of the business for me yeah probably very similar to you I look back on the evidence I've got to prove that it's been okay today and one of the things I often will do to myself is remind myself of all the avenues I've not explored yet that I think could be profitable Mm. so say like you're launching a course and you're like oh no I'm not sure if it's gonna sell I will sit and think, well, I've never done a Facebook ad. I've never done a paid Instagram ad. I've never done X, Y, and Z. These are all things I could do to explore. And so I guess if I was in the position of Emily, I would be looking at all the different channels that she's not tried selling her artwork yet. And maybe if this is how her brain works, make a big poster that she sticks up on a wall that has lists of all the different things that she could try. And none of those are going to be possibilities for her until she has more time to do it. So they're kind of like an opportunity cost of staying in her job. I think it's like trusting that you'll figure it out. Like I think there's a lot. I'm like, okay, if my main offering stops being stops working for my the people who buy from me, if they no longer want to buy that, I just create a new offering. Yeah. And this is why I found the most important thing I've had to do is build a business with strong foundations. Mm-hmm. I have a community of people who get what I do and who find value in what I do. I can forever find ways to, you know, make that into a solid, sustainable business, or I've got transferable skills that I can take to something else. And I think that it's also, you have to enjoy the game a little bit. Like I kind of love and hate at the same time every month, not knowing how much money I'll make. 
you know what I mean? Yeah. I get really energized and excited by the endless possibilities. I've become more and more comfortable with the uncertainty. I also think I'm coming at this from a very privileged place of I've had good, like four good business years. You've also never had a proper day job. Right? So I would say in a way that has its pro and it's con so for example so if anyone doesn't know my backstory I started my business when I was 22 I graduated when I was 21 I had a mental health breakdown then I had another one and I also have a chronic illness so working a typical day job is not an option for me and I was living back home with my parents and it was rock bottom for me because I felt like I would forever be a burden on my then boyfriend now husband I'd forever be a burden on everyone else I felt like I'd never be able to provide for myself It, it was horrible and then I had this little blog that I'd created and I had this tiny seed of an idea and of hope of this business I could create so I had no backup plan like working for myself is the only option because I wouldn't be well enough to have a day job Mm -hmm. and so I think in some ways though that was like the greatest fire for me because it was like either you make this work or you will never have any full autonomy over your life yeah because I like to play the worst case scenario game so it's like okay if your business stops making money then what happens for most people the next line is I'll get a day job I don't actually physically have that option so for me, it's, you got to figure this out. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And so, start a new business yeah, is, yeah. is your fallback. There is nothing wrong with relying on other people for financial support if that's what you need in your life or if that's just a situation you're in. But for me, I wanted that to not be my situation as much as possible. So if it was possible for me to create an alternative option, that's what I wanted to do for myself. And I'm so grateful every single day that I did. So I guess I'm sharing this for Emily. It's like, yes, I have the privilege now of having a business that makes money, but I had to fight for this. And I know what it feels like to really be crippled by the uncertainty of it all. And, yeah. And I just, I get, and both of us live with anxiety disorders, yet we still do this. Yeah. So I share that to say that it's possible to do this if you are actually an anxious person as well. I actually don't know about you, Sarah, but for me, my business has been like one of the greatest like becomings of my life so far because yes. I have become a stronger, more confident, more trustworthy in myself person. And it's actually in some ways, although of course it's a source of anxiety in lots of new ways, I feel like it gives me the autonomy and the control over my life to kind of take control of my anxiety more often as well. Yes, I've had to develop coping mechanisms that I don't think I would have had to develop without this responsibility. Yeah. And I think for me, I'm just like, I want this freedom and this autonomy. So I'll take the uncertainty that comes. And I've just asked myself for years, how can I put things in place so that the anxiety isn't crippling every month? So for example, if one month, it's a slow month, it's fine. Because there's not, there's money in the bank. Yeah, there's a buffer. If it actually helps the way I manage my money that really helps. The biggest thing that makes a difference to me is I don't live off. I don't pay myself what I earn that month. So I pay myself a wage at the end of every month, the same amount, but it doesn't come out of what I earn that month. I use my business. I pay myself for my business buffer. And then what I earn that month just goes back into the buffer. Does that make sense? Yes. Because for me, I don't know, same for you, a business we're not really living like month to month in a business. It's sometimes over a quarter, I'll make a certain amount of money and it might come in different drips yeah. and drabs, even from a yearly basis. So if I'm living month to month, it doesn't help me at all. So this is really true of my business model where like a lot of the year, my main income stream is courses I'm selling. So we'll sell it and we'll make like a huge chunk of money overnight. And then I might not make any more real money for another three months. And that's such a head shift such a mindset shift from when you've been working in a kind of typical salaried job like I for about a year after I had left my NHS job I still had my payday reminder on my (laughs) calendar because it felt like a a milestone of the month like you live 
especially if you're not earning, you know, a great deal of money, you live payday to payday. Like it's a structure in the same way that when you're a kid, like term time and weekends and holidays are structure. Payday was like, it defined the routine and the rhythm of my month. And so to lose that was an adjustment that I kind of hadn't really prepared myself for, I think. So I, I prepared myself for kind of the uncertainty of the money but I hadn't really thought about how it it would change my relationship with money you know not being able to kind of count down to the day that you know there's more money coming in because sometimes you won't know but I think in the end that actually gave me more freedom because I feel like I was in kind of a a never-ending cycle with money previously whereas being able to look at it as a bigger picture meant I was able to make more mindful choices yeah I think a big part of the entrepreneurial spirit is kind of knowing that you'll figure it out yeah because the systems that me and you talk about now that we have in our business only can exist because of the time we've been running our businesses yes like in the beginning I think I've told this story before so I me and my boyfriend my now husband then boyfriend lived at home with my parents for two years after graduating and I started my business in the January and by the March I was starting to make you know what would class as like a full-time salary from like a really basic kind of minimum wage job yeah and then it started to pick up and it started to pick up and in the June one of my best friends had booked onto a new apartment block that was opening in town and she showed me this apartment block I mean Alex were like I had made a consistent income for three months or four months and we signed on to this apartment (laughs) and we had until September to it was still being built so you didn't move until September so that's not like you because you're not financially I I wouldn't say like someone who takes risks financially you know what's really interesting I'm not someone who takes risks but every awesome thing in my life has come from taking a leap of faith I'll think of moving out to that apartment the day that my I told my husband to quit his job and just work for himself build up his own business I just take these leaps but where I'm going with this is I had no previous year of business to tell me that everything was going to be okay yeah. I had no savings in the bank because we just paid off all our debt that we had left over to get out of and I took this leap and I had to do the following things I had to say I trust myself that I'll figure it out we had the most basic income plan like in terms of this is what we need to survive and this is what we'll live off I was so grateful to look back at my business kind of grew faster financially than I expected it to I guess what I'm saying here to Emily is there will always be a moment where you take a leap and figure it out you just get to decide what the boundaries of that have to be like I was young and crazy and just like let's go for it well maybe you had a sense that it was right it sounds like in some ways having that apartment was the motivation you needed to push yourself harder with your business I'm my best friend who um he said to us he was like once you're making enough money to kind of survive move out then don't wait until you're super stable because it'll be harder to make it work. Well, this is the thing. Once you get comfortable, yes, it's very it's very easy to just stay comfortable. And I think that's the thing about a monthly paycheck in the it's same comfort. way. It's comfortable. It's safe. And it's a very rational thing as humans to want to stay where it's comfortable and safe. And you kind of have to go against a lot of your natural instincts to do anything different. But sometimes, like with you, the urge is too great and we know we have to do it. And it's just an instinct. It's like, it's a voice in yourself. Like, I think this is such a nuanced topic because it's different for everyone. It's different on your financials. I didn't have any dependents. Yeah. At the time, my husband had a job. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and and it, we have to like acknowledge that like people have to do what's practical. You have to make sure that you can put food on the table and look after the people who are depending on you and look after yourself. Yeah. But we also have to, we have to acknowledge that there is always financial uncertainty in a business. Yeah. I also think this is why entrepreneurship's not for everyone. Yeah. For some people, the comfort is more motivating than the freedom. 
and that's there's nothing wrong with that like we, no. I don't think we talk about that enough that that is perfectly all yeah. right being an entrepreneur doesn't make you like a better human it's just a lifestyle choice that you've made I probably left it about two or three months longer than I needed to to leave my day job because you wanted to feel really safe because I wanted to feel really safe because I tied some of my identity up in what my job was as well and I didn't have an awful lot of self-belief and there wasn't anyone around me kind of to tell me that this was a good decision so I mean, which is probably all of that may well be true for, for Emily. And it actually, it took my husband in the end to say, he rang me once on my lunch break and he was like, hand in your notice, hand it in. And I had to go back to the office and, and email my manager and hand it in officially. And I still occasionally, you know, you have recurring anxiety dreams. One of my recurring anxiety dreams is I'm still turning up to work because I still haven't, I think I've served my notice, but like no one's noticed. So I'm still just turning up and doing extra days at the NHS. <laughs> My so it gets deep in your psyche. Yeah, my recurring anxiety dream, and I have this maybe at least every couple of months, is that we're living back at home at my parents' house. Now, isn't that interesting that both of us relate to... Where we came from. Yeah. Whenever my clients bring this up, because, the, and I'm saying this because everyone's going through this, unless you have the privilege of not worrying about money, you are going through this, you're worrying about the uncertainty of money. And the biggest thing that helps me navigate this is knowing that it's never going to go away and knowing that everyone has this. Because the question of like, will I make enough this month? Will my business start to drop off? Where's the money going to come from? It comes down to two things. Number one, if you're building a business, you build the smartest business you can build. You mm. build, you have, this is where good business sense comes in to build a business that has as much stability as you can enable it to have. And number two, you also trust that you're going to figure it out. I think that's about self-belief at its core, isn't it? It's kind of recognizing your strengths and recognizing what you've brought to this business so far and understanding that if the business itself dissolved tomorrow you still have the skill set to pick yourself up and start again I also think it's we go to these extremes it's very rare for a business just to fail (laughs) one day yeah I don't know what would happen to make that you're like if your business is failing and I hate that if your business is starting, it's stopped being profitable, it will be, you will have to, this is what I always remind myself, I'll know if that's going to happen. It'll fizzle for a long time. It won't just stop overnight. You'll see. And also it's just like, you can figure it out. Like it's really like, like my worst case scenario game, I'm like, okay, we eat through our savings. What happens after that? Worst case scenario is that I have to put things on a credit card. Like that's not ideal, but if that's what it takes one day, if shit hits the fan and I need to just get through the month, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You've got kidneys you've not sold. <laughs> Like it's worst case scenario, you figure it out. Do you know what I mean? My biggest fear is being homeless on the street. So I'm like, that's not going to happen. So anything else, the worst case scenario is like, okay, I cut back expenses for a little while. Like you can always stop. If we stop going to the extremes, we can figure this out. And the truth is using the pool as an example, sometimes there are situations where you're not going to get paid for a reason out of your control and you are fucked over in that situation because you can't pay your bills so that comes down to a couple of things do you choose to build a business that has more stability than that because being a freelancer and a business owner is quite different Mm. do you build a buffer do you trust that you'll figure out when it happens there's lots it depends on your personality kind of a combination of all of those things like a lot of freelancers I work with now make sure they take 50% up front which is a really good buffer. Like it's a built-in buffer. So if you've not got savings yet, you know at least you're, you're going to get covered for that work. Maybe you've got a credit card that you you put nothing on, but it's there at the back of a drawer so that you know if it came to it. Or an overdraft. Yeah. Like, and it's like, and I think, I feel like there's a bit of shame talking about these things because we live in a society that sees like debt or like risky financial decisions as something bad. Yeah, and savings are like the definition of virtue. Yeah. But actually they're an indication of, 
privilege. Completely. And I, I've certainly spent a lot of my kind of early adult years in debt. I know you did as well. I got in debt when I was 18. I got a credit card. You know, remember when Topshop used to do those credit cards? The store cards, yeah. And I got one and I went crazy and I bought all these dresses. And then I went to university in debt. It was awful. Like I was in debt until I was about 22 years old, which yeah. is and I still have credit rating issues because of that. Same. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I was in debt a lot later than you were. And in some ways that is part of my motivation now is like, I, d- I know what it's like to be terrified about money all the time and I don't want to go back there. So that's what keeps me creative and cre- keeps me kind of pushing forwards in my business is how do I build a life that keeps me safe from that? And there's also no shame if something does go wrong financially and you have to figure it out in a business do you know what I mean because with Emily like we can't promise her no one can promise her that there might not be times when there's financial uncertainty and anxiety and even like financial hardship yeah because that doesn't come down to whether or not you're a good person or not that just comes down to like like we're about to enter Brexit whatever the hell's going to happen in this country that's going to impact so many businesses in ways that we don't even know yet that's not that's out of their control out of everyone's control and I did an episode of hashtag authentic with Nikki Miss Magpie Spice she's an illustrator and she was talking about she's now started to buy some financial like products like um like a health insurance Mm. that will pay out if she's if she's unwell but previously she didn't have those because she couldn't afford them and in people in our positions it's a lot harder to kind of get insured if you've got health conditions so you know you could you could be hit by sickness or someone you care for might need you and again like your work flow can be disruptive so there's no way to kind of plan for every single eventuality in a practical sense but I do think we can I think actually it's kind of a a strength of the anxious mind is that we can plan ahead and we can kind of make contingency plans and remind ourselves of all the options that we have that we can explore if and when those situations arise completely I think it's kind of you know the big question of this episode I guess is like how do we navigate the financial uncertainty that comes with being self-employed and I think the answer is whatever way works best for you (laughs) Because I think I spent my first couple of years kind of hoping that one day it would go, the anxiety would go away. I just told myself, well, once I've earned this much money or once I've got this much in savings, but then the, it keeps, once I got to that number, then I'm like, no, I'm still scared. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. no, no, I'm still scared. And I just think it's part of it. But I also think it's part of the fuel that makes us show up. Yeah. Because we can't slack. You cannot slack when you've got a business. Like, you can, you can have some slow days. I'm all for that. But and you the, can't disappear. You can't, you have to take care of the business. And I just think the fact that money isn't guaranteed is part of the reason why I give this my all because it's literally provides for my family. That is so true. That is so, so true. And then that gives structure to your life and it gives you a sense of purpose. And I know I'd be really lost without my business because it does, it's almost like the framework that holds up. <laughs> all the other parts of my life and I'm really grateful to it for that and kind of that symbiotic way of living your life so that you're able to weave it all together is one of the biggest gifts of entrepreneurship it's not really about the money it's it's about the flexibility completely I I think it's just it's so much part of the journey like figuring money out in real time it's also been while I've been figuring myself out in real time and figuring my business out. And I, I wish I could say to Emily, follow all these five steps to make it go away. But it's, and I also feel like I was saying, like I, some weeks of the month, I feel great. And then when my hormones have dropped, I feel like crap. (laughs) And then, and I just think I've also learned that feelings aren't fact. So when I'm anxious about money, it's not usually a fact. No, it's just a feeling. The numbers in the bank don't have to change for your feelings to change. No, And you can learn to, 
navigate that in different ways. And I also, I'm a big believer in the long term, build a business that gives you as much stability as possible. Because I think that is the thing that helps me sleep at night in many ways is just knowing my business is built in a stable way. I agree. I really agree. And actually, like, we need to talk about the other side of it, which is as as, as a solo, um, as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, if you do need more money next week, let's say the roof suddenly develops a hole in it and you've got to fix it, you are in a better position to go, okay, how can I change my offering in my business to yeah, suddenly yeah. make more money? Your boss if, isn't just going to give you a raise. Yeah, like if you're on a salary, you've got no flexibility. You earn what you earn. It takes as long as it takes. But yeah, there's been times, there's been times for me and there's been times for some of my clients where they're like, I need X by this day. What do we do? And we're able to sit down and come up with a load of things that can make the business more profitable. So it works both ways. Yes, it's more scary, but it's also actually can take off some of the anxiety, I think. Yeah. Like, I don't think the leap has to be one day I leave my job and I'm going full-time self-employed. Like I see a lot of my clients, they will leave the day job, but take on freelance work from the day job, Mm -hmm. or they'll leave the day job, but they'll take on some locum work. Like you said, like there are different ways to ease this. Like some of my clients, they've left their day job and they've not taken on any freelance work, but they've put feelers out so that if after the first quarter when their savings run out, if they need it, it's there. Like, it's not black and white. You can, like, you can find ways to bring money in. Like, I've had friends who, on quiet moments, they just sell stuff on Depop. Yeah. I, for the first, I'd say, like, three years of my business, how long have I been in business? About four. I had the biggest eBay mountain in my bedroom. Like, anything I got like at a press day that I didn't really want or clothes I was going to get rid of I would not part with because I was definitely going to eBay them when my business slowed down and it took it took a a friend saying to me Sarah that day is not going to come it's not going to come anytime soon just give them to charity they'll be really (laughs) valued by a charity shop because there probably was like maybe thousands of pounds worth of stuff there if you added it all up so like I don't think there's anything wrong in like needing those that safety net and holding on to that safety net and I think, again, nobody talks about it. Nobody talks about the stuff that they've got piled up at the back of their wardrobe. Shame. We so celebrate like smooth, seamless, like confident. And the truth is like, that's just the way it is sometimes. I'm like, because I think bigger picture advice helps in the long term, but it doesn't help on that moment when you don't know how you're paying your bills. Yeah. But the bigger picture advice I would say is figure out two numbers, figure out your baseline number. So this is the number that you need to make and don't look at it from a monthly basis because monthly does not help. It's not a good business perspective. No. I would take your yearly number and be like, how much do you need to make a year to cover taxes and business expenses first? Because your business doesn't run without them. And then how much to just cover your life so you can live. That's your baseline number that your business needs for you to make for you to be okay. And then have your core number, which is, this is how much this is in the life I actually want to live. So enough to buy clothes, go on holiday, blah, 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 whatever that looks like for you. Figure out those numbers and then actually figure out how am I going to make those numbers? Yeah, like what does your pricing need to look like? How many clients do you need? All of those things. If you can't answer that question that's the biggest question to ask because the reason why I probably don't worry too much about my business is because I see how the business works behind the scenes financially yeah so that is the thing to figure out and it might be that in year one you can make half of your baseline number so then you go okay well for year one I'm going to make half of that baseline number then you go year two I'm going to try and make the full baseline number and then from year three I'm going to push to the core it doesn't have to happen overnight that if you have something else to kind of supplement that income I think we go so from like zero to 60 it's okay to take it in chunks the only people I know who built wildly profitable businesses overnight I don't know any of those people no 
They're not telling the true story. I think if they say that that's what happened. Someone else was paying the bills if that's what happened. Absolutely. Oh, you're in a position where like I was where I kind of built it up beforehand beforehand before i asked it to be a business but it probably could have been profitable at a lower level for quite a while before i actually made it into a business exactly and i just think it's get comfortable with having tough financial conversations with yourself Mm -hmm. and get comfortable with the fact that you can figure this out and there's no talk and talk about it like i talk about money all the time with the people closest to me because it helps me feel like like I remember there was a time I think it was last year and I had just like a really quiet month I was booked up for seven months in advance of course I wasn't booking any clients (laughs) but it was like a quiet month and it was it's just unnerving and my friend Kat was around and I was like Kat it's all gonna go away I'm gonna be poor and she was just looked at me and she was like shut up she was like (laughs) no and sometimes you just need and I was like me and you will you we will ask each other ridiculous questions from the place of fear and we'll just look at each other and so I just think this is where your network of support comes in like because your friends will remind you that feelings aren't fact I think having a a support network of kind of other people at similar points in your business is really helpful too or even if they're further ahead but can talk to you about what it was like in those days because pretty much everyone I know who's built a successful business went through a few kind of lean years a few like you know oh I can't I can't come out tonight because we've got no money or making the most of what they did have and so it's I think it's helpful to kind of see on the horizon that actually that can turn into the life that maybe you're dreaming of because you're not going to hear it online you're not going to see people posting on Instagram about how they've just about broken even this month but they had to borrow 100 quid off their mum like yeah and there's nothing wrong with that like it's it's not linear like business might go up and down and up and down and I think it's just I think we would be doing Emily and anyone else listening such a disservice to just be like here like it's going to be easy and it's going to be fine because the truth is sometimes sometimes it is sometimes businesses run really smoothly and it's great and sometimes it's more complicated and that is not a sign or a reflection on your worth as a human it's usually factors outside of your control sometimes like influence for example there's sometimes a 90 day payment window yeah that's quite common and when I first left my job influencer income was a big chunk of mine and one of the reasons I chose to step away from that was the uncertainty of kind of because you don't pitch for it you're waiting for someone else to invite you and I couldn't, I needed to have more autonomy over my income than that. Yeah, and this is why also make sure your business is built for financial stability. So what I mean by that is like we were saying earlier, take payments up front, protect yourself as much as possible. Like I guess for Emily, my biggest advice is a lot of this comes down to business model. So building a business that makes sense, that works for you, that is savvy, that has structure and stability. A lot of it comes down to trust. So learning how to trust the business you've built. So therefore, a lot of it comes down to time. You will be more confident in your business the longer you've been running your business, the longer your business has been showing you what it's capable of. And I just think when you ask how you're going to navigate this uncertainty, you will know two things. You will know if this is a path you want to take, if the uncertainty is worth it for what you will gain from the freedom of that. And number two, you'll also figure out how you'll navigate that financial uncertainty. It's going to look different for you than it'll look for anyone else. And I I guess my biggest encouragement to you is that you will figure this out in whatever way that looks like for you. You will. You're a creative person. You're a hopeful creative. And the thing that keeps businesses alive is creativity. We can always outcreate any problem. I really genuinely believe that. The demand for your work is not going to disappear. The demand for your skills is not going to disappear. 
And so your job is simply to kind of build a framework that works for your life, that works for your customers and that can support the lifestyle that you need to live. I'm going to make a suggestion or an observation that might sound quite controversial. So I have a big um, belief that we shouldn't ask of our business yet what it cannot give to us. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of the time in the first one or two years, people want the business to provide for them and be super financially sustainable. I think the more helpful approach to have is let's see what this business is capable of. Let's see how stable I can get this business to be. I'll ask for it when it's ready to give something to me. And I think that is sometimes a business is like a living, breathing thing. It's not just something that makes you money. It's bigger than that. The money is a byproduct of what the business exists for in the world. So it's okay if this takes time to get to a place where it feels super sustainable for you. It's never going to feel super sustainable year one because you don't have any proof from the previous year. Mm. So it's kind of, I think it's flipping our mindsets as well. If you're building a business, it's kind of let the business become you cannot demand of it yet straight away but it it can't give you certainty straight away well and not every business is scalable to a level that it can be your sole source of income like some businesses especially creative businesses so like say you're a maker you've only got so much capacity to make so much time so much space and so sometimes for people it's like okay actually I've, I've pushed this business as far as I feel comfortable or it feels comfortable and that means I'm going to work two days a week at this job and I'm going to have my business for three days a week which is kind of what Emily is suggesting like she's she wants to go down to part-time she's obviously kind of got that phased approach in mind completely I just if I could give anyone any lasting advice about this is that I think the best way forward is to dive into the business model I think the business model has the answers for this yes and the mindset and how you navigate it and how you learn for me I remember this one time this was a couple of years ago and I just had a month of just being really crippled by the responsibility of I mean me and Sarah are both the breadwinners in our marriage so our business isn't just what provides for our life it's what provides for our family's lives and I just just this weird month where I just felt overwhelmed with just the responsibility of running a business and I remember I said to my husband I want to go to the beach so we drove to Formby and I stood at the ocean and the beach was clear and it was so cold and I just stood there and I said to myself in my head you have to trust yourself you will you will lose your mind if you don't learn to trust yourself and whatever I go back to that moment so many times because I'm like trust is the way forward for me to trust that trust the business I've built but then to trust that I'll figure out whatever comes next because worrying about the future doesn't help me get anything done in the here and now no, I think that's the perfect message and hopefully that's something we're all cultivating slowly over time I think business helps to cultivate trust in yeah. yourself it's not easily won but it is worth it in the long run and if anyone listening to this is experiencing some form of financial struggle or hardship or uncertainty in the business I think what I would really love to say to you is just it's okay you're not a loser you're not failing no. I think there's so much shame around money and like things not being perfect and I think it's just you're figuring it out and money isn't the only way to like the money isn't a way to define our self-worth as humans and it's really okay if you if it's struggling especially in this time where so many industries are shifting and brexit's happening absolutely I, mean, I know i've said this before on this podcast but when i was leaving my job and i was kind of hovering on that uncertainty point a friend who's a psychotherapist said to me well maybe you'll leave and you'll go and do this for two years and you'll have a brilliant two years and then you'll need to come back to the nhs but is that wrong and i was like oh my gosh it blew my mind to think success is not this is what I will do for the rest of my life. Like if you go and you do it and you have a great time and you learn a ton from it, then that's serving its purpose. That's what you're meant to be doing. And it could look different in two years time. It might be a different business model. It might be that your life has completely changed. You might have three kids by then and need to completely shift your life. You never know what's around the corner. So I think 
trying to plan for the future is kind of a fool's errand. The best we can do is plan to be resistant and resilient and flexible. Asking how can this be less uncertain for me is not a helpful question. Asking how can I navigate the inevitable uncertainty is a much better question. And just, I don't know, surrendering to the fact that your life is not yours to know yet in many ways. And just trusting that you'll have the tools. Yeah, you can reach out and ask for help anytime you need it. There's people out there, friends, family, coaches, therapists who will support you in this journey. Well, there's also our listeners. So anyone listening to this who has maybe got some advice for Emily, who's been through this, who's going through it, or is kind of stuck at a similar place, we would really love to hear from you. Our hashtag is Dear Hopeful Creative. And you can send us a tweet or an Instagram. Sometimes people write amazing blog posts. It's really amazing to kind of continue the conversation. So we'd love to hear from you. Yeah, I'm sure there's a topic everyone can relate to. Thank Thank you for listening. You can join us at lettersfromahopefulcreative.com and on social media. So on Instagram, I'm at me and Orla. And you'll find me at jencarrington underscore. We are going to be sharing new episodes every Monday. So if you've liked what you've heard so far, hit subscribe in your podcast app and be sure to leave us a review because it will help other people find the show. Yeah, and we can't wait to connect with you soon.